good evening and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call. My name is Kim Moore, and I heard the laughter. I heard the laughter, and it is contagious. It is infectious, and I mean, oh, my God. It's almost like you guys have been uh, with me as I uh, I just get excited about what God is doing uh, in this hour, not only just about tomorrow and what we'll be doing in terms of the connecting and four days of spending time together on the Zoom meeting, but also just some of the other strategies that God is laying out and we are laying down so that we can get this message out so that we can grow and multiply and expand the kingdom of God on earth through relationships, through marriage, through family, through friendship, through our church relationships. We want to be game changers. And so I'm just beside myself with excitement. The learning curve is, the technology learning curve is, is a little steep, but I am I am so committed. Uh, I think someone said the other day, I, I love God and I love the people of God enough to press enough to enter the place of discomfort, inconvenience, so that the people of God get the revelation of God so that they can go and be all that God has called them to be. And so with that, I thank you for taking part in this weekly marriage reform prayer call. We are excited about the changes, the testimonies, the texts, the emails that I get from some of you about how it's impacted your life. I spoke today to a marriage therapist who had taken one of my courses 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Can you believe it? She took it 10 years ago and was so inspired. She said it changed her life so much that she went on to get a degree to where she could become a marriage and family therapist. And she asked me, could she use my material with her couples, that she had been, you know, she has a couple of other programs, but she said all that she has researched, there is nothing that has compared to one of the programs uh, that I had written. It's a 12-week program I wrote for married couples called Radical Love. She said she has not found anything like it. So after 10 years, she said she needed to track me down to see if she could get access to that material to use it with the people in her practice. And so I am excited because this thing is powerful. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom is what will change the world. And so I'm so glad that you're here. If you're here for the first time, I extend a special welcome to you. I thank you for sharing your time, spending it with us on the phone. Time is one thing that we don't per se get back. Yes, God can condense it. He can expand it. He can multiply it. But for our purposes, unless he does those things, we do not get time back. So that you're spending it with us tonight, I am appreciative, sincerely grateful. You could be anywhere tonight with so much available out on the internet, so many things that you could take part of that you are here is my blessing. And so I appreciate you so much. Amy, I appreciate you for making ministry and making the things that I do easy uh, to spend time and, and to focus on those things. And all of you that pray, I know there's a 
a team of people that pray each week before this call. Uh, amazing. I, I could not do it without you. Prayer is the foundation. Prayer is the the infrastructure, if you will, to all of the success that God causes to bring uh, causes in the earth, and so that these people that are praying every single week before we all get on the call together, uh, I just appreciate you guys so much, and I know you don't uh, aren't interested in uh, um, calling your names out or all of those. I want you to know I know who you are, and. I appreciate you so much for what you do. Well, if this is your first time, just a, a couple of things that we do we so that you understand the format. We do some announcements. We open in prayer. Uh, we we uh, share scripture. And then we pray the word shared. And then on the first Monday, I'm sorry, on the first week of every month, the first Wednesday of every month, we take questions and comments after the call, and so we'll be doing that tonight. Uh, so if you have a question from a week's past, if you're new and you have a question, you get it ready, write it down so that at the end you'll be able to ask it, and we'll do our best to try and answer it. A uh, couple of them now. So let me let Amy jump in here real quick, and um, she has some information for us about tomorrow. Yes, thank you. This is Amy, and I'm assisting Kim, and just want you guys to know that we are dedicated to serving you. Whatever your need is with your relationship, whether you're married or want to be married, um, are single, divorced, we want you to participate. We, we know that God is building his church. He's the one that's equipping us. And we desire to be out there. We, we want to make ourselves available in all ways possible so that you can get all the tools you need. And tomorrow we'll be starting with the Connect class. It's in the evening. It's at um, 9 o'clock. And it'll be tomorrow, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's for 9 Eastern. 9 Eastern. Yes, 9 Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. So 9 o'clock. And it's on Zoom. And I'm going to stay on after the tonight's call. I will be on Zoom to help anyone who would like to practice getting on Zoom just so that they're ready for tomorrow. So if you have pen and paper, I'm going to let you know uh, what the is for this evening. And you can get on if you would like to practice. And if you already have experience with Zoom, no problem. We'll just see you tomorrow night. And the way that will work is you will get the Zoom um, password and information in your email. If you are not signed up for tomorrow, there is still time, and we also still have scholarships. So you can just email Kim or myself. I'm going to give you my cell phone number. You can email me, um, text me your email and I will make sure you get information. So if you have pen and paper, I'll go ahead and let you know. And also I'll repeat this at the end of the call. So if you don't have pen and paper now, get it ready during the call. And at the end, I will repeat this information. Um, the Zoom call for practice this evening, you go to zoom.com, and then the meeting ID, it will ask for a meeting ID and password. The meeting ID is 826. 
8159-2650. That's 826-8159-2650. The password is 354441. I'll repeat this again at the end of the call. Thank you. All right. Well, you got it. So if you want to be on that uh, in that class tomorrow, you have ample time to get yourself ready, to get familiar, because it's going to be exciting. One of the things I didn't mention, I mentioned the lady that uh, reached out to me from 10 years ago that had taken the class um, and now wants to use it. But one of the other things that's interesting about this call is that there are many people on this call that are not married, who are divorced, widowed, separated, and they're married folks on the call and people that want to be married. But it amazes me how I'm learning of people. I got an email last week of someone that wasn't married, and she said, just the truths that you're sharing here are applicable to so many other relationships, and that's why she gets on the call. And so I thought that was just really cool because it confirms what I tell you all the time. If you're going to learn something, uh, particularly as it relates to God, learn truth that transcends your situation. That way, that way you don't have to always figure out, well, what is this? What is that? No, the truth dictates and then is applied uh, through wisdom in your different circumstances. But you and I are far better off when we are working and operating and living and adhering to the truth of God because it transcends everything. It transcends the temporary, your circumstances. It transcends race, education, economics. It transcends everything. So you really, when you begin to embrace the kingdom and kingdom principles, it's like having an ace in your hand all the time. It's like having, if you play spades or pinochle, there's a trump card, uh, no pun intended, I'm really meaning about cards, but there's a trump card or a trump suit, and that suit dominates every other card in the deck. Well, when you're operating, when you learn and operate with kingdom principles, it's like carrying the ace around all the time. It's like carrying the trump card in spades or whatever the trump card named is in pinochle. You are always going to be on top because you're working with something far more superior, far more powerful, and everything must bow its knee to kingdom truth. And so that's the power of what we're teaching. That's the power of what the marriage therapist was saying 10 years later. It never goes out of style. It is timeless. And when we begin to teach husbands and wives kingdom truths, we have the best chance and the best opportunity of turning relationships around and toward God. And so tonight, I just want to backtrack. I got some comments about last week and how powerful it was in terms of what was shared. I just want to backtrack just a little bit. If you were not on that call, you can listen to that call on Spotify, and uh, you would just, uh, in the search bar, type in marriage reform with Kim Moore, and it would be number 97, 98. We've been talking about this thing called communication 
and connection. And I, I just as we lead into tomorrow night, I just want to reiterate some things um, uh, in this process. So over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about um, the religious communication system that many husbands and wives are trained on. And we said that that system is built, reinforced, and depends on husbands and wives being different. Let me pause here to acknowledge the Father. Lord, we thank you tonight for who you are. We thank you that you're God all by yourself. We thank you that you're the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, I just hear the laughter, God. I hear you laughing, God. And I hear the laughter, God, even as it, Lord, reverberates in your people that were praying tonight, God. I thank you, Father God, that they are laughing because you are laughing at the enemy, Father. For what he has intended for good, uh, evil, you have turned it around for good. So I thank you tonight that all things are working together for the good of them that love God and have been called according to his purpose. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name for every marriage that you have earmarked for this message, every husband, every wife. Married, unmarried, separated, divorced, with every soul that you have earmarked for this message, God. Lord, may you send forth your word and let there be light. Lord, I thank you, and I call marriage back to the church, Lord. We reclaim it, God. Lord, we thank you for restoring it, God. We thank you for the divine reset tonight, God. We thank you for establishing connection again, God. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, well, praise God, first things first is always appropriate to honor honor the Father. But, again, we said last week that the religious communication system that many husbands and wives are trained on is built on, it's reinforced by, and depends on husbands and wives being different. So it's built on your differences, and it teaches you how to communicate around your differences. And we also said that, you know, differences aren't just related to your gender needs, but there's also another component to what holds this difference mentality in place, and it's called hierarchy. And hierarchy reinforces difference through roles. So hierarchy is about a division of labor. It's a, we need a hierarchy because it orders the function of how we're going to interact to get something greater done than either husband or wife could do on their own. So the purpose of hierarchy is because there's a plan, there's a goal, there's an agenda, there's something we're going after. When, when, when Jesus came up under the Father, remember in Philippians, he said it's not robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself, he came into a subservient capacity or a servant's capacity and, and, and took on the form of a servant and became obedient unto death. He didn't just do it because this was the model that him and the father were going to live in. This was the model that they were going to get some work done in. And so Jesus in the beginning was with God. The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus was with God. But then he became a man and came underneath the Father. And then Ephesians right now says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, which is a horizontal position, not a vertical and subservient position. 
So understand, hierarchy is necessary to divide the labor so that two can accomplish together what neither one could accomplish alone. I unpack that whole scenario between the father and son in times past and how it was a dynamic relationship, not a static relationship. And so when we, when we emphasize, when we approach marriage as a hierarchy, we are reinforcing the differences that separate men and women, and then we try to teach them to communicate based off their differences and not their similarity. Here's what um, some of you may know of, um, oh gosh, Lee Grady was the editor of Charisma Magazine for, for a long time. He is not now, but was. Here's what he says in, in his book, The Truth Sets Women Free, Ten Lies the Church Tells Women. He says this, God's design for marriage is not a hierarchy but a loving, nurturing, equal partnership that is characterized by physical intimacy, spiritual oneness, and mutual submission. So that's Lee Grady, the editor, the former editor of Charisma Magazine, saying exactly what I'm saying, and that is this. Marriage is a relationship of equals that unquestionably depends on hierarchy to work together, to accomplish together what neither one could accomplish alone. So when we talk about the communication system that religion offers men and women, husbands and wives, it's based on them being different, and therefore some way we have to overcome these differences. God never meant for you to overcome the differences that you have with your spouse. He meant those differences to be able to complement each other in such a way that you guys could do greater together than you could do alone. And the sad fact for many in the church is, aside from children, which neither husband or wife could have produced on their own, but is the greater sum of each of them, of the whole of each of them. Aside from that, many husbands and wives lack a greater that they've accomplished together um, in marriage. And yet we continue to reinforce a hierarchy in marriage that has produced little fruit. And that's because we're using hierarchy wrongfully. And when we use things wrongfully, they always there will be exploitation and abuse. And so what, that's what I want to say there. But what I wanted to just talk about just for a moment um, here, um, let's see. Oh, okay. Let me just, let me just read this. When we emphasize hierarchy as God's model for marriage and the family, we are in opposition with kingdom mentality. The kingdom is based and built on relationship. It's built on relationship. Is there a hierarchy in the kingdom? Absolutely. Every kingdom has a king, and the king is supreme in his kingdom, and we are all subject to the king as citizens, for to as many as believed him, God gave them the authority to become the sons of God and kingdom citizens. So we are 
joint heirs, co-laborers, equal citizens in the household of God. And so our relationships, the kingdom is based on our ability to connect. I'm sorry, the kingdom is based on relationship. It's built on relationships, and relationships are built and based or based and built on our ability to connect. Let me read that again. Relationships are based on our ability to connect. So to communicate effectively a husband and wife or whoever you're trying to communicate with, a a connection must first be established. And that's the problem with the religious training system in marriage on communication. It tries to help husbands and wives communicate where they have disregarded or minimized the need for connection. So last week, we talked about, I gave you several examples. I talked about our mobile phone. I talked about social media. I talked about smart home automation where you can talk to Alexa or Siri and turn off lights and do all that other kind of stuff. Um, Talked about, you know, the security systems in your home. We talked about cash apps, Apple Pay. We talked about 5G, and I ask you, what do all these things have in common? And the one thing that they have in common is they each require you to connect with a network before you can communicate and take part in the network. They require connection before communication. So here's where the rubber meets the road. It doesn't matter how sophisticated your phone is. You can have the latest phone. You can have the latest iPad or Android or Surface Pro. You can buy a phone that's unlocked and compatible with any, any uh, phone company. Um, you, 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 can, you can have everything. You can have all of the equipment, all of the ability on steroids to take part in a system, but unless you're connected to Sprint, Verizon, what is the other, AT&T, it doesn't matter how sophisticated your phone is, doesn't matter how much you pay for your phone, you do not have access, the ability to engage, communicate, and talk with other people on the network because you are not connected. It's the same with your home automation. Unless that system, unless the, your home automation in your house is connected to a system or a network, it doesn't matter how state-of-the-art the devices you have on your, in your home. They will not communicate because a connection has not been established. We must stop teaching husbands and wives to communicate before we've helped them to establish a connection. Let me say that again. If you don't have a connection, you will not be able to communicate. Many husbands and wives today suffer in the area of communication because they do not have a connection, a genuine connection that's been established, serviced, maintained. You know, now when you get these, uh, you know, when you get a router or or a new uh, cable or Internet service, you can buy a service plan with them. And the service plan says, that if anything breaks down, they'll come out and fix it. And so you, like, pay $5 a month so you don't have to pay this huge amount if something breaks down on your system. 
Well, couples today, they're not hooked up to a system, and we talked about the world system, and then we talked about the community, the kingdom system, and they are very, very different. They're either not hooked up to a system or they're hooked up and connected to the wrong system, and so their ability to communicate with each other is compromised, and it runs through all kinds of interference like gender differences, gender needs, gender roles, the hierarchy. Oh, my gosh, if every time you wanted to communicate with your spouse, you got to run through the gamut, how does that work? How is that working for you guys? Whereas if you could just connect, it would facilitate and make easier the ability to communicate with each other. And so husbands and wives got to be connected to a network, a proper network, Because unless they do, you might have a great conversation. But how many great conversations will you be able to string together without being connected to a network? And so my struggle is, or my sadness is seeing so many husbands and wives that love God. They've read the books on communication. They've gone to the classes. They, I mean, man, they they, they pray. They ask for prayer. They fasted. They, you know, they've gone to counseling, and yet they're not connected. So what I want to do, having said that, is give you some scriptures so that you can see how all this comes together, and you can go back and look at the scriptures. God is interested in unity, not uniformity. So it's not about making men women and women men. That's not it. God wants us to be distinct. He wants unity, not uniformity. The world's way of getting unity is by uniformity. That is contrary to the word and the will of God. Ephesians 2.15 says this, by abolishing in his own flesh the enmity caused by the law with its decrees and ordinance, which he annulled, that he from the two might create in himself one new man, one new quality of humanity out of two, so making peace. Now here is talking about law and grace. We can also overlay that and look at what God did. If you read in First uh, Ephesians 16, it goes on to say this, and he designed to reconcile to God both Jew and Gentile united in a single body by means of his cross, thereby killing the mutual enmity and bringing the feud to an end. So in 15, he's talking about the law being fulfilled and now and, and coming together. It's not an abolishment of the law, but the law has been fulfilled in Christ And now we can enter into the grace of God because he has made, he he is the epitome of one new man. And then in verse 16, now he's talking about people, Jews and Gentiles, nations of people, believers and unbelievers, or the Jewish nation and the Gentile nation, Israel, and then, then, then all that are not Israel. And we can break it down even further because it's true. And we can go on to say, that he reconciled to God, male and female. 
Why can we say that? Because if you go back in Genesis 3, when they sinned and their eyes were open, what happened, not only were they separated from God, but a division occurred between Adam and Eve because Adam blamed Eve for his sin and Eve blamed the serpent. So there was a division that took place, and the curse was about bringing man and woman back together in a way that they could work together and fulfill their purpose. That's a lot. So we have the law and grace is reconciled in Christ. We have Jew and Gentile united in Christ. We have male and female united in Christ. So in Christ, there are no male and female power struggles. Why? Because there's one new man in Christ bringing the few to an end. So the church should be the example of unity between male and female without uniformity. But because we have not fulfilled our role in that process, we have opened the door for the world to create and dominate with its own brand of unity, which is to make everybody the same. So guys wear skirts and women do this. And I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with doing a women pair. I'm not, that's, that's not what I'm trying to say. Just look at the world and how we are trying to make everyone the same. That's the world way of making unity is through uniformity. God's way of making unity is in Christ where all of us have the freedom to be who we are and that we labor and we live and we respond to the king, to his truth, his word, and so we are one and yet we are different. The world says we're different and tries to make us one. God said you're one, now let's let's celebrate your differences. And that's one of the problems in marriage. It's difficult for husbands and wives to celebrate each other's differences because the differences have been used to divide, not to multiply. So think about the human body. The human body, when, it, when conception takes place, there's, a, there's one cell. And in that cell is the entire life of that human being. In that one little cell. And then that cell is, is connected, is all together. It is unity. And then that cell begins to divide and show off its glory. And nine months later, we have the glory of God being born out of one cell that learned how to divide, complement, and celebrate its differences. And as a result, we get beautiful human beings. Because the world's way of creating unity and God's way are fundamentally different. And then listen to what it says here. It says in Philippians 4, 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Just do a study on in Christ. We talk about Christ in us, the hope of glory, and the Holy Spirit dwells within us. But we also live in Christ. And so as we live in Christ, we become connected to one another. And as we do that, we have the basis now to communicate effectively. Amos 3.3 3 says, 
Can two walk together unless they agree? What is he talking about? He's talking about our ability. What is the basis of connection? What is the basis? It's not, it's not just limited to does, does, does my spouse believe in God and do I not believe in God? There are marriages, wonderful marriages between men and women that they have found a way to enter into a unity and yet at the same time affirm each other's differences. And honestly, some of them have better marriages than Christians. Now, they are missing something. There is a void, and they could experience all the more. I'm just saying, some people who don't even know Christ understand the need for connection and unity because that is the basis to be able to celebrate somebody. I can't celebrate you if I'm competing with you. And when we focus on differences, we build in this whole idea of competition. And that's what you have going on in the world today. Women think they're better than men. Men think they're better than women. Really? Seriously? First John 1 John 1.7 says, but if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. We have connection. So one of the ways we get connected is by walking in the light. Well, what is the light? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. He's the light. The word truth is light. So and I walk in the truth, when I'm honest with myself, when I'm walking in truth, then I have the best opportunity to walk together with somebody else. So the whole focus of kingdom, when it comes to communication, the basis for it is connection. And so if we will begin to focus on connection and how to help couples get connected, help husbands and wives individually. See, because it's not, we, we tend to think in marriage, well, we, we got to do this together. Mm, no. It doesn't start that way. Each one has a life that they're responsible for. And as I yield my life to Christ, and as your spouse yields his life to Christ, you get closer together. But watch this. If you're yielding your life to Christ and, and, and your spouse isn't moving, well, let me just say it this way. If you're sitting on this side of the room and your spouse is sitting on the other side of the room and your spouse is not walking in the light, could care less about God, may or may not go to church, and you want to get closer to him, you want to increase the possibility of connecting with your spouse, all you have to do is get up and walk over to him or her. They did nothing. So if each husband and wife could learn how to close, get close, how to position themselves to connect and work together with God in that, oh, my God. It could be an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. And even when a husband and wife can't connect at a deeper, more intimate level, there is always a level that you're able to connect. I should say, I don't say always, but most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, there is a level at which you're able to connect. It may not be as deep as you want it to be. But it doesn't mean it can't grow. If, 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 you, if you can only collect, connect at a surface level, connect there as much as you can. Because one day, you might just go a little bit another level deeper. And so it's so important that we teach 
couples how to connect. And so I just want to close in, in prayer and take some of your questions and and just uh, keep it moving. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for who you are. I thank you today, God, for making plain your word to your people. I thank you tonight, Father God, that we now understand that without connection, uh, establishing, maintaining uh, communication is difficult at best, Father. Lord, just we repent for trying to communicate where we've not taken the time to connect with the people that we want to influence. Father, we just thank you that, and just, just are grateful to you, Father God, for forgiving us, God, for just manipulating, trying to control and to get our spouse to do what we want them to do or those in our lives. It could be our kids or any those, trying to get those to do what we want them to do by manipulating and controlling and, and Lord, just bypassing, Lord, your desires that we would truly connect with each other, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you are exposing your truth I thank you for this revelation. I thank you for your people being able to grab the revelation that without connection, God, Lord, how will we walk together, Lord? So I thank you for continuing to expose this. I thank you for developing it, illuminating it in the heart and the mind of your people. I thank you that husbands and wives are living in relationship, learning to live out of a place of connection. And, Father God, in Jesus' name, that their differences become things and, and opportunities for celebration and, and or just affirmation and, and just all kinds of goodness and good feelings to come, God, because they truly appreciate each other's differences and are no longer threatened by them because they celebrate them, Father. Lord, help us to understand that we cannot celebrate, God, what we condemn, Father. We can't celebrate what we criticize, God. So I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would remove the critical spirit from each one of us. Lord, that where husbands and wives have been offended, Lord, I ask you to pour out a special grace tonight that you would even enable them and help them to lift the offense, God. Lord, that they would be new, God, in Jesus' name. I pray, God, where hearts have been hardened, that you would take out the stony heart and place within them a heart of flesh, God. Lord, able and capable and willing to respond to you again. Father, where trust has been violated, God, I pray for the grace to re rebuild trust, one word, one a corresponding action at a time. Father, I thank you today. I thank you, God, because you have never leave nor forsake your people. I thank you that you are with us, God. I thank you, Father God. I thank you because your word says that you are our shepherd. You are our caretaker. You are our father. And we look to you tonight, the author and finisher of our faith, to flood us with your love. We receive your love tonight, God, by an act of our will. Lord, we confess with our mouth that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And according to your word in Job, if we decree a thing, you would bring it to pass. So tonight I declare husbands and wives' hearts are filled afresh with your love and that as they sleep on their beds, Father God, that you would speak and minister to their souls and their spirit, God, and that they would wake up, God, Lord, in newness of life. That it, Lord, that the sun would shine, God, where it's been dark, in Jesus' name. Now set your people free 
Lord, to serve you, God. Set your people free for freedom's sake, God, and glorify yourself in marriage again as we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise God. I hope you got something from that, um, the, the reverberating takeaway that I just implore you to take to the Lord. Search it out for yourself. I implore that you take this one thing away. Without connection, your ability to communicate, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with a friend, employer, child, your ability to communicate will be as strong and as effective as the connection you establish. Spend more time developing the connection, and the communication will get easier. Amy? Amy, if you're there, we're going to star six. Do you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. We want to go ahead and take some questions. So if you have a question, you can star six, and we'll be able to hear you. And it can be on anything from tonight or previous um, times we've prayed, just any questions you have. Um, and we do this once a month, like Kim said. So if you have questions now, you can ask. Or even if you have questions you want to um, ask for later, you can um, text me as well. And I want to go ahead and give you my number in case you want to text a question or text your email for the course tomorrow. And my number is 678-754-0867. And again, that's Amy. That's my email. I mean, my, my phone number. You can just email me. If you want to um, join the course tomorrow, or you can email me right now with a question. And um, as you're thinking, I'm going to go ahead and, and ask you a question, Kim, that we received via text. Um, and it says the following. How do you navigate in a marriage when you have opposing views or mindsets about what's happening in our government and in our nation? Um, that is wow. such a great question. <laughs> it's 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 really a great question, and um, wait, you know, it, a little it, caveat. I'm, it says he okay. believes um, when he believes the media. My spouse, my spouse is a believer, just not walking in the things of God. There well, let go. me say a couple things. I think that there are believers that have opposing opinions about what's going on in our nation today. I had a conversation uh, with a good friend of mine today, and, you know, we didn't have, we don't have and share all of the same views about what's happening in our country. And she is bona fide as much of a believer as I am and, you know, uh, mature. And, and, and it came down the end of the day, it came down to connection, which, you know, it's a great question because it just, 
reaffirms what I said tonight. And and what we came away with, the conversation I had earlier with a friend of mine who she and I share some opposing views, we left the conversation reinforcing the fact that we are friends. We are friends, we are Christians, but we are friends. And we love each other and care about each other and nothing temporary will usurp the authority that we have in relationship with each other. So our friendship will always uh, rise above and override whatever happening in or around us. We've made that commitment to one another. We will never, not ever allow politics, money, family, friends. I mean, we're covenant friends. And when the basis is friendship, when the basis, see, friendship is a connection that we have. And because we have the strength of the friendship, the strength of the connection, it can endure, it can handle our differences. But when the connection is weak, it cannot handle opposition well. So when you're married, it goes back to, you really have to reinforce the connection. And when it's as heated as it is in our nation right now, I mean, we've got a lot of connection work to do right now. We've got a lot of connection work to do in our own families. We've got connection work to do in the church. And we're not doing the connecting work. We're just having these squabbles and opposing opinions. But there's no connection. My friend who I was talking to earlier today, <laughs> she just texted me. She said, yay and amen, my ride and die, buddy. <laughs> Again, you have to strengthen the connection. You know, the, the connection, you know, even uh, Amy and I work together. She's a, a spiritual daughter who has become a friend and, and a partner in, in ministry. Um, and uh, it's the connection. We endured opposition, endured disagreement, certainly within our relationship. We think differently. We're just two different people, and we don't always agree. But the strength of the connection will enable you to endure the differences you experience. And so there are things about Amy and things about my other friend that, I mean, I admire about them. I don't have those things, but they got them, so that means I have them. And so I celebrate those things. And my friends. So the answer to the question is connection, connection, connection. What is the strength of your connection? You have to service the connection. And I don't find people that aren't able to overcome their disagreement. The strength of the connection between them is weak. Remember, everything in life is based on relationships, and relationships are based on our ability to connect, and the strength of our relationship is based on the strength of the connection. So, Amy, I hope that answered the question. <laughs> Good. And 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 I that was a great question. And I agree. I know a lot of times, even between Kim and I, I, I know several times I had to have the courage to say, you know what, I know that's what you're thinking. And I read the scripture and here's where I'm at. And there have been times where we've had opposing views, maybe even for months, where we'll discuss things and agree to disagree, but still remain, you know, still have our friendship. And I think it really strengthens um, 
relationship. But I think the hardest point is when you have to come to your friend or your spouse and say, I don't agree. And then, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. What are they going to say when you don't agree? Or, you know, the reaction, like, is there room in your relationship for um, differences? And that really depends on the maturity of the people in relationship because we have to remember the kingdom is about setting people free, period. The kingdom of God is about setting people free. That's what Jesus did. He set people free. And that means when I set somebody, the only, first of all, the only, uh, the only way I can set somebody free is I'm, if I'm free myself. Let me say it again. The only way I can set somebody else free is if I am free in the area that I want to set them free. So, you know, how can the blind lead the blind? They can't. How can you cast out the devil when you're, you know, you know subject to the devil? You can't. So I can, only, uh, I can only sanction, I can only release, I can only bless somebody else in freedom in those areas that I'm free. And so... It really has to do with taking and owning your life. So I don't retaliate to my friend when we disagree with each other. Why? Because she has the freedom to think and behave as she does, and that's what makes our friendship great because we don't think alike all the time. And so in those relationships are the best opportunity to grow and change because you have the freedom. As long as I'm trying to control what my friend thinks, or what my whoever thinks it could be your spouse. It's not a free relation. It's not free. They're not free to think and decide for themselves. Oh my God! If you've gotten around somebody that's truly free, you will feel free, unconstrained. You won't feel judged. You'll have the space to show up and to happen and to grow at your pace and feel encouraged and supported. And when that's happening, I'm telling you, people will come alive. And, and the part of that is people will come alive, but you'll also, the things that God wants to change will come to the surface. So all that coming to life may not be all pleasant, but at least what's out of you has no longer the ability to control you. Oh, my gosh. That's a mouthful of what I said. You guys just got to hang with me for a while. We just got to walk together a little bit because God is God wants to break some things open and set husbands and wives free in marriage. He wants to set his people free. So along those lines, what would be some symptoms of where you're lacking freedom? So if you're saying that, in essence, if you're unable to give somebody else freedom in an area, where would you be able to identify your own lack of freedom so how, what's a practical way to identify where I'm still bound or where I'm lacking freedom and therefore I can't, you know, give that freedom to someone else? What does that look like practically? It looks like, one, not being able to talk about it. Satan, when you were bound and when you were in bondage, the last thing Satan wants you to do is talk about it because when you talk about it, you expose it. And the one thing Satan does not want to be is exposed because that is the first step to freedom. So one of the ways you would then, what, what is it that I don't want to talk about? 
What is it that I don't want people to talk to me about? What is it that creates some anxiety for me when people do start asking me about? Those are all indications that you are bound in the area. See, when God delivers you and you're free, you can talk about it. Here's the difference. God removes the sting. He removes the pain of it. So we can talk about God has access to anything in my life. I'm willing to talk about anything that has ever happened to me, that I've ever done, that is lovely or unlovely, and I can do it without feeling the pain or the embarrassment of it because I'm free. It is something that happened to me that now I am free from, that now I can use to help somebody else come where they are. Another way that you can get an idea as to whether you're bound is when you condemn in others what you justify in yourself. Would an example of that be? Um, uh, let's see. What's a good example of that? You condemn in yourself what you justify in others. Um, or the opposite. You justify in yourself what you condemn in others. You justify in yourself what you condemn in others. Um, let's say you have, let's say you, you have a boss or, or your spouse, who we're talking about marriage, Let's just say your spouse um, was rude and cut you off, and you really took offense to that because you were trying to be heard and you just got frustrated. Then about a week later, the table turns and you do the same thing, and your spouse says, wait a minute. I just remember we had this experience last week, and you just cut me off, and now here you're doing the same. And, and right now today, two weeks later, this is, this is the experience that I'm having, and then you begin to say, well, it's different. Well, what happened was, it's the, and you begin to explain your behavior, the same behavior that you condemned in your spouse, you're explaining it. Does that make sense? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> like you justify it in yourself, but it won't give, it won't forgive or There's give no grace to the in other your spouse, person. But you have, Exactly. Another thing that comes to mind is when your spouse confronts you about something. Like let's say, um, let's say uh, you agree to not spend over $50. And let's just say you went out and you spent over $50. And let's say you spent $100. And your wife comes back, or vice, it could be a husband or wife, I'm caught up, but either one of you, for the sake of this example, let's just say, you know, the husband came back and he spent more than $50. And the wife said, honey, I thought we agreed we were only going to spend $50. And instead of saying, honey, you're right, we did make that agreement. And I should have called or, even, or either got permission or just let you know or give you a heads up, this is what I'm thinking and this is what I'm planning to do. I didn't do that. So I violated what I agreed. But instead of doing that, they say, but this was on sale and we needed it and I needed to get it and, you know, I, there was no other time to get it. And, you know, and, and so when that happens, all of that what he just said or she said could have been right, could have been perfectly acceptable. The problem is you had to violate your word to do that, and God doesn't violate his word. 
So now you're explaining the violation of your word. So when you're explaining the violation of your own word, there's a problem. You're caught. You're bound. Because God is God can't God doesn't sign up. He doesn't participate in 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 not keeping His word. He's faithful. He keeps His word. Kingdom citizens keep their word. <laughs> so do you see you see how it, there are many ways that this thing plays out? But these are all ways you can see where the Holy Spirit wants to get a hold of different areas of our lives and work with us and work through some of these things. I heard a message on. I heard a message, maybe it was on, maybe it was last Sunday. Uh, it was on the, the morning call, and, and uh, pastors uh, Ed and Cheryl Ford, he was saying that, you know, there are three kinds of, of, of people. There are the ones that are being sustained by God. There are the ones that, oh, God, what was the second one? I can't remember the second one. Ones that are being sustained by God and ones that need to, you know, I guess come into conformity with God and then ones that are deluded um, are just in delusion. They're just in delusion. And so when he was finished, I said, my gosh, if I look at my life, I can see areas of my life where I fit in one of those categories. And, he, and, and so it's just like crazy because it, it's not like I, every part of my life is being sustained by God. No, I am in this progressive process where my life, every area is coming into alignment with the word and the will of God. And in some areas, I am believing a lie. And my desire is that God would expose the lie and replace it with truth. And that is the case for all of us because while, while, while redemption was one and done, while it is a final act, it is complete, it is finished, there is also a progressive sanctification that's taking place right now as we yield our flesh and learn to yield our humanity and our flesh to the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's good. Um, I want to leave room for one more question. Does anyone else want to jump on? Just star six. If you have a, a comment or a question. Give a few more seconds for this that. Is this is Nubby. Hey, Nubby. Let's go ahead, Nubby. <laughs> Was there, is there somebody else? Was there no, somebody else that wanted to ask you a question? Well, no, uh, let me ask you this. Is that, is that the same thing as, uh, well, I guess what they call transference in psychology, where a lot of people will transfer what's their fault on somebody yep. else? Yes. I, yeah. Like the husband who is always accusing the wife of having an affair, and of course she isn't, but he yep. is. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yep, okay. exactly. Well, you know, I think all of us are... Don't you think that that's when we fault find, that's what we're doing? I mean, yep. when, when we start fault finding in other people, that's really a reflection of we, we really what, are. It's it's really a it's it's really a pronouncement of the condition of our own soul. It really yeah. is. Um, it 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 really is, and you know, as Christians. Um, as Christians, we just we're called to a higher responsibility, and it's it's sad because there are many Christians that that really live and think and behave as the world. Yeah, and uh-huh. we're called to be a part in it, but not of it. And so we're in this 
progressive circumcision, the circumcising of our hearts and the, the, the conforming of our hearts. The Bible says that God is gathering us together by reason of sacrifice, by the circumcision, by removing the foreskin of our hearts, um, that he is joining us together um, in what he's doing and in his work. But, yes, absolutely, um, transference, um, you know. But don't you think some people, some of it has came about from the law, that a lot of people were still under, living under the law? And, yes. you know, because I, I, I didn't grow up. I, and I grew up in a, 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 you know, frozen, chosen Presbyterian church. And I, in some ways I'm glad. You know, I didn't have all that legalism, you know, put on me. But then I moved to the South, and oh my right. God, I was I, I was judged for being divorced. I was judged, you know, just yeah. I, I mean, it was just on and on. And you know, I remember saying to someone one day, I said, I I don't like what's happened to me since I've gotten saved, because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all these things were told on me. You know, you can't do this and you can't do that, and scriptures were shown, you know, to me, and all these. And all of a sudden, when I got more under the law, I started seeing it on other people. I started judging other people because right. of, I mean, it's like it almost brainwashed me that I got under the law and I saw so much that what was right, you know, right and wrong, everything's black and white. And so mm-hmm. then I started judging everybody else the same way. Yep. And, yep. I, I, you know, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really thrilled with the the strong grace message that's come forth. I know some, it, some people don't like it and think it's, and some of it is unbalanced, but it set me free. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. can say that. Well, I, and I think for people that are kind of more of a legalistic emotionally and all that, I, I really do think it was it's liberating. Um, uh-huh. it, it it really is liberating. You know, perfectionists and people that are just so yeah. rigid. I I think the you know the grace message. Uh, it, it's just important. I mean, it, it's just it matters. But it's like anything else that that we grab a hold of yeah. in the kingdom, and you know, it's going to get exploited because that's the nature of man, and that's the I nature know. of the life adversary. Life. Really, I know life is yeah. man. You know, it's yeah. Like, oh my god, that, that's that's it right there. That's it. That's it. Uh-huh. That's what someone was saying to me the other day. We had a little heated discussion about it. We, I said, well, I read the same books, and I didn't get that from it. I got set free. So That's right. I hear you. I hear you. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good, Nubby. Thank you. Oh, you're and welcome. Thank you. how do I, now, how do, I, how, do I, how do I unstar six? <laughs> oh. I think you did star six again. Yeah, you did. Uh-huh, or you can just mute. You're okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it's good to hear everyone tonight. I want to go ahead and give you the Zoom meeting ID and password for practice tonight, if anyone would like. And otherwise, you can still email me if you would like to participate in the course tomorrow. And um, so here we go. The meeting ID to practice tonight. The password is 354441. And my cell phone number is 
1267. Well, thank you. And Kim, do we have anything else? Uh, no. Uh, I welcome you. If you know somebody you think would benefit from the class tomorrow, if you will get us their email, uh, get Amy their email address, then we'll make sure, uh, you know, we will just uh, we'll scholarship them and make sure that they can take part um, so that none will be with excuse, but all that desire to partake uh, are able to do that. Our desire is to set people free, period. Um, free people are powerful people, and powerful people are needed in this hour to uh, influence in, in the world that we live. And so we want to make sure that we're setting and, and setting as many people free as possible. So just email or text Amy and she can make it happen. Those of you that have registered, we will get you the meeting ID and the password in your inbox tomorrow. I would say no later than 10, 1030 a.m. you will have it. So Kim, that we'll meet up on. Yes. I, I apologize. I, I wanted That's to okay. know, will you be recording it? Yes, I will be recording. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yep, we'll okay, be Okay, Amy, are you going to are you going to help us tonight? Yes. I will be on immediately when we um hang up from the call. I will jump on Zoom and I will be available. So, so you're not going to hang up on the phone here, are you? Or are you? Yes. Cuz I've got I'll Zoom hang- I've got Zoom pulled up, but I don't See, so I don't have it. Oh, I computer. know how to do. Okay. Yeah, so- I'm on the you're on the Zoom? Yes. As soon as this yeah. call hangs up, the Zoom will open and you can get on Zoom. And if you have issues, I'll text you and make sure you get on. Well, I've got it on my computer. I'm, I'm, not, on, I'm not doing it on my phone. I'm doing it on my computer. Okay. And, and see, before when I got on it, they just sent the thing and I clicked on it. It just came up. But I wondered how you get on it without... Like, where do I go to put the numbers in and everything? It just, Zoom came up, and it says, I don't know. I mean, uh, so um, when you guys, and for anyone who needs to know, when you get on Zoom, you should see a space where it says meeting ID, and that's where you enter the ID. But also, you can just click. So, Nubby, I can send you, um, and anyone who emails me, I can send you the Zoom Invite to your email, and you can just click it. Okay, because mine doesn't isn't saying. I I have Zoom pulled up, but it is not saying anything about. Well, here it says join a meeting. Is that it? Yes, that that's it. Uh, but I will not okay, join the meeting until I hang up this call. So as soon as I hang up this call, I'll join, and you'll be able to to be on Zoom. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right, we're good. Okay. Let me just tell you, we'll, we'll we'll put this up on our Spotify in the next hour or so. If you want to do the call-in replay, it's uh, 605-475-4980. The access code is 341-000-POUND, and the reference code for tonight's call is 99-POUND, 99 Or you can go to Spotify or iTunes in the search bar, put Marriage Reform with Kim Moore, and it will be number 
99. And just one note on Jump for Joy, uh, as the states are opening up, we are looking at where we're going based on what's open and when the state house or we can get to the capital steps in those states. Those of you who are on the call before know that we are going to do uh, keep moving forward and do as much virtually as we can in the midst of all that's going on in our nation. But we are committed to making it to your state. And so, again, we need coordinators. So if you represent a state on this line, if you will text Amy or email me at Kim at More on Relationships and say, hey, I want to help, please uh, email us, and then we can get you on the calendar for your state. We're going to hold your hand. You're not going to be out there by yourself. We just need somebody on the ground that's willing to coordinate with us. And uh, it's, it's basically uh, love to talk to you. Let's just leave it at that. If you're interested, want to help move this thing forward, we need you. Email me or text Amy, and then we'll talk from there. I think that's about it, Amy. Um, I guess that's, that's, that's good. All right. Well, those of you that want, hop on the Zoom call with Amy, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.